You are tuning in to the Atlanta Realtors Rundown, the official podcast for the Atlanta Realtors. We're here to keep you updated with the latest trends, topics, and keep you in the know of our ever-changing Atlanta market. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome back to the Atlanta Realtors Rundown. I'm here with guest Gabby Maddox-Davis today, and I'm excited to have her in the studio. So Gabby, if you would just start just by giving us a brief introduction of yourself, tell us a little bit about you and where you came from and how you got here. Yeah, sure. I am Gabby Maddox-Davis. I am an Atlanta native, which is extremely rare, right? Um, I was graduated from Atlanta Public Schools. I've been in real estate now for about 10 years just opened up my own brokerage um, and top producer for the ARA for the past seven or eight years, $20 million plus in volume, over 50 units, um, and just passionate Atlanta fanatic um, and passionate about diversity, equity, and inclusion in our businesses and how we can grow. Awesome. And you're pretty young. So how old were you when you got your license? You're going to tell your age by that. <laughs> I'm going to tell my age, but I was 23 when I got my real estate license. 23. Nice. So yeah. did you decide to get that just right out of college or what inspired you to, to go down this this path? I love that question, right? And it's a two-pronged question, what made me become successful and what made me get my license. Um, I At 18 years old, my mom, single parent, she was like, if you want to go to college, you got to go somewhere locally because I cannot afford for you to go anywhere else. So I decided to go to Georgia State. When I went to Georgia State, um, my sister was working at T-Mobile, actually. And I was like, can you help me get a job? <laughs> I was like, because I can't afford anything. And my sister ended up helping me get a job. And I ended up getting this amazing boss. I was a wild child. I was straight out of Atlanta public schools, enjoying and living my life 18 at Georgia State. And he was like, I'm going to help you get a job, but we're going to have to like reel you in a little bit, Gabby. But I'm going to turn you into a sales machine. And I was like, really? You could do that at 18? Um, and so he put me in a million different classes, executive maturity, um, how to run your business like a business, sales classes, uh, John Maxwell training, anything that he could do to make me grow as a wow. salesperson, help me with my speaking skills, my etiquette. He did it. And from there, by the age of 21, I was one of T-Mobile's top salespersons across the nation and running multiple teams. I was I wasn't even able to drink at most of our conferences now that I think about it, but all of my employees were on average 10 to 15 years older than me. Wow. And from there one day, we had a robbery. <laughs> oh. And I was like, "You know what? <laughs> I think I want another career choice." And I was at church one Sunday, and my pastor was like, what do you do in your downtime? If you could do anything in your downtime, what do you do? And I remember thinking, I look at houses and I like looking at HGTV and all the channels. Right. And you think in your head, like, now that you're a realtor, you're like, oh, that is not how it goes. Yeah. But that's what I enjoy doing. And I knew I was right. great at sales. So I said, let me go try to get my real estate license. At a really young age. Ended up getting it. And I just so happened to click. You know why? Because all my friends at Georgia State were starting to graduate. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And they were like, we got to find us a condo, a house or something. Right. And so I struck right while the iron was hot. Right. Mm -hmm. And from there, my real estate career took off. I ended up still being top in um, T-Mobile, still being top to where I was staying in a penthouse next to my boss. Wow. At 22 years old at T-Mobile. And he was like, do you have another job? <laughs> because I know how much you make. And I was like, uh, do you want to buy a house? He ended wow. up buying 10 houses from me. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> 
So this guy, basically, you came across this, your sister helped you get this job. You came across this guy and he decided, he probably saw something in you and was like, I'm going to pour into developing you as a leader within our company, yep. where I'm sure you were responding to the yes. things that yes. he was putting in front of you. And he probably was like, okay, she's responding to this. Like, let's open another door. Let's open another door. Let's open another door. And people were, it sounds like people were responding to you as well as a leader in that space. Absolutely. And so he... It, to me, it sounds like you were in college, but you were really simultaneously learning something else through Absolutely. him and through that experience. And he probably plays a very large part in the development of who you are as a sales to this day, relational leader, et cetera. Yeah. And so I continued until I couldn't do it anymore. I'm a give it your all kind of girl. And I tell my boss, I said, listen, I love you, but I cannot work two jobs at one time. And right. I didn't want my real estate business to go down. And um, from that point, I ended up, I always dreamed of how I walk out of my job. You know, you always think like, <laughs> I'm going to be like, bye, y'all. I don't like any of y'all. Throw your papers up in the I air. I was in the bathroom <laughs> crying like, I don't want to quit, but I got to quit. Oh. <laughs> and was, this is such an ideal job. You're 22, making six figures, and you're like, right. I don't want to quit. Um, ended up quitting, and from there, my real estate business quadrupled. Because you were able to give it your full attention. I was able to give it my full attention. Yeah. Interesting. And so you've maintained a nice relationship with him if you've been able to sell Absolutely. him 10 houses. Absolutely. And it sounds like he also was probably a really good leader. And I would imagine maybe if he's not still with them, he's doing well in whatever space he's in. Absolutely. So you come out of college, you get your real estate license, you go to your boss who you love, I think. Yes. Sounds like you have a yeah. nice relationship. Mm -hmm. And you say, I just, yes, you're right. I do have another job and it's more fruitful and it's more fitting and I'm going to go with it. And you head out the door. Is there any fear? Is there any, like, Absolutely. apprehension? Tell me so how that felt. My grandma is my best friend. She's a baby boomer. I'm 32 now. And she's like, at the time, I'm in my early 20s. She's like, you're making six figures. You have a 401k. You're a manager. And you're about to walk away from your job to be a real estate agent that's an independent contractor with none of those benefits? I was like, well, <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yeah. <laughs> and and I think yeah. that's a mindset, like you said. I was like, yeah. yeah, grandma. And so in the back of my head, I knew I could not fail because right. the last thing you want to do is go knocking on your grandma's door. Like, grandma, I need some money because even though you told me not to quit my job, I quit my job and uh -huh. I can't sustain this real estate market. And so I gave it my all. And I always tell people. Until I got to college, I didn't realize it was something wrong with growing up in a single-parent home. I, mm. My mom was a single parent, but she had this grit about her. Like, I just saw my mom work her butt off. And it's not until we talked about it, becoming a mom, that I realized, like, my mom just worked her. I never heard her complain. Mm -hmm. And I think about all the sacrifices she made by herself. And I'm a parent now, and I'm like... I know my son hears me complain. <laughs> so right. I'm like, I just saw her get up and hustle and do whatever she needed to do to feed me and my sister. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to do whatever I need to do to hustle to make sure I don't have to go back to my grandma and beg for anything. Right. Yeah. And just mm -hmm. to honor those people who came before you, that's huge. And it's probably part of the motivation behind who you are, how you do it, why you do it. Absolutely. And it doesn't hurt <laughs> to have that extra layer now with another generation that you've created yes. coming behind you to kind of, I think when I had kids, it just put an additional pep in my step. It so, does. So you come out of college, you have this conversation with your grandma, you 
just conquer that fear and you're like, I'm going to do this. I'm not, failing's not an option. Not being good at this is not an option. And you know you're a capable person. Yeah. Because you've seen yourself succeed in the world that you were in before. Yeah. And you fully apply yourself to your business. So tell me a little bit about how that went for you, how you started building it, how you were getting, you know, where are you reaching out to get business from outside of your initial sphere you had? Because you can only tap into that for so far, so far and so long. Tell me a little bit about how you so, built. So so let's talk about my background. Okay. My granddad was actually the president of the NAACP for 20 years in Atlanta. Wow. My mom and dad are like Atlanta, Atlanta. I told you, West Side Atlanta, that's my mom and dad. Okay. So, and my whole family is from the West Side. My granddad's church was in the West Side. So when we talk about tapping into your sphere, um, and I went to Atlanta Public Schools, that was what I did. Um, I realized very quickly that a lot of agents know a lot about real estate and how to tell you everything about a house, but they have zero sales and communication skills. And I still think it's a huge opportunity for a lot of us, right? They have no idea how to manage their CRM. I come from that world, right? Mm -hmm. And so I was able to bridge that gap for millennials who felt like, well, my realtor can't connect with me. I don't understand what they're saying. I'm ashamed to say I don't know. Mm. And even some non-millennials who were like, yeah, I don't know what they're talking about, my realtor, but I'm afraid to say it. And I understood the language of not real estate, but the language of sales. Right. I need to be able to explain to my four-year-old how to buy a house and to my 80-year-old grandma. And that was a gift that had come through me from being in so many sales classes. And so I think that's what it attributes to me being able to tap into my sphere. Mm -hmm. What I learned really quickly is I call it the circle of sphere. You have two different layers of your sphere. Your mom, your sister, let's just say your closest family, your immediate family, they are typically not the first people to support you in your business. And everybody gives up on their sphere of influence once they realize that, right? But what you realize is the people directly out of it. So your mom's best friend who you call aunt, whoever, or your granddad's church members, or one of your friend's friend, your best friend's friend from high school that's now their college best friend. Those are the people typically who will tap into your business first. And it's not because those people in your closest sphere don't care about you, but it's because they know you. <laughs> they know you. <laughs> and so right. they're like, you're going to have to prove to me that you can really sell houses before I support your business. Mm. So you tapped into the sphere. Mm -hmm. You continue to build your business. And we know in real estate, it takes a few years to get that going for real. But once it gets going, it really does snowball. Oh, my gosh. And it continues to kind of pick up the momentum as it as it goes along, mm -hmm. just like a snowball would if it was rolling down a hill. You obviously had the sales skills. You had the relational skills, the communication skills, the leadership skills, all the skills. What does that translate to in your business? Like, at what point do you grow so much that you're like, I can't handle this. I need support. I, ha I have bigger dreams now. I have new goals. I mean, how does that translate your growth over those years and your success over those years? And even taking that first initial step of growth in this business by leaving T-Mobile, you know, what comes next? Like how, walk us through kind of like your, your timeline of like you, your pivotal points or your growth points or your my, growing pains. My pivotal point was having my son and getting married. Um, I realized that my best year in real estate was my absolute worst year in my personal life. Like, mm. I, I wasn't able to spend as much time as I wanted to, right? And so what I said was, you know what, God, I don't know what you have for me, but, like, I know I cannot maintain what I'm doing right. and my family at the same time. And in this year, earlier this year, my grandfather um, passed away. Mm. And... His church was right off of Bankhead in the middle of Atlanta. 
and I have this opportunity come to me to open up a brokerage where we wanted to focus, you know, primarily on bringing more diversity, equity, and inclusion into the market. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, God, I'm already to step out on faith. And because I knew I had to step out of production for about six or seven months to get this thing on the right. ground and running. And literally in three months, it grew to 120 people. Wow. <laughs> 120 agents, you know, and I was like, oh, my gosh, like this is happening, you know, and being able to lead people, being able to teach people scripts, being able to teach that sales skill set that I Mm -hmm. said, I think a lot of agents are missing. Like nobody should ever feel like you're selling to them. They should feel like you're providing a solution to their problem. Right. Right. And we get in there and we just go straight selling. We're trying to be the home inspector. We're trying to be everything. And no, we need to be providing the solution and whatever the best solution is for the client. Right. So you were doing well, everything was going well, but you had one year that was just overwhelming. Yeah. Like the business boomed, but your personal life suffered. GCI was amazing. (laughs) I was like, whoa. Yeah. (laughs) Like like I dreamed of making this much money. But Uh, then when you looked back at the end of the year, you thought like, where was my personal time? Where was, you know, where was the sentimental moments? Where was anything? I mean, did you have your son at that point? Yeah. And I I was just like, you know what, Gabby, something has to change. Mm -hmm. Something has to change. You can't be everything to everybody. I, I remember it was my first, last year was my first year saying no to something that I signed up for. I was HOA president. I said, you know what? <laughs> I can't do that. Right. Sorry. And I had to learn to give more no's. Right. You know, I heard, I have a friend, uh, Krista Clark. She recently said something that really resonated with me. And it was such a simple thing. Protect your, say, uh, use your no to protect your yes. Absolutely. And so I thought, that's something that I think, you know, hopefully people are listening to this and hear that and they say, like, we got to start using a no to protect the yes. But you started doing that. Yeah. And so my grandfather passed away and he kept asking me um, at the beginning. And it was this big, huge thing because he was president of the NAACP. And so it was like he wanted me to open up a brokerage. And I was like, but I'm like too young to open up a brokerage. Like, I don't feel like that's something people do. And I don't feel like I know enough people, you know, everybody's like, oh, I've been, I've had my real estate license for 30 years. And I'm I'm like, well, I'm just 30. So, like, (laughs) you know, I'm like, I'm not ready. But I knew it was a dream to bring a brokerage right to the west side of Atlanta Mm -hmm. Um, and to just be able to see so many people feel included and inclusive and um, to be able to run a brokerage and not be so boggled down and spend time with my baby it, mm-hmm. and my husband and get pregnant again, yeah. um, <laughs> I've had time to just enjoy and breathe. Right. So your so your success then translated from almost like a corporate success mm-hmm. into an independent success, and mm-hmm. now into a really like a business owner times. Mm-hmm. 120 plus, it sounds like, um, but into a space where you could do a little bit of both Mm -hmm. um, and still have a sense of, you know, your foot in the door in the market. You're still involved in real estate, which you're passionate about and good at, but now Mm -hmm. you have an opportunity to lead people and create Absolutely. A little bit more boundaries, maybe? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Because now I have a, you know, with my business, I was a single agent, an individual agent. Mm. And although some people are like, well, why don't you start a team? I had admin showing assistance in place, but I, I liked being an individual agent. Right. And the good thing about being an owner of a brokerage, we have team leaders, we have accountants, we have all of those things underneath us to where I can peek my head in and make sure that the things that need to get done in the office are getting done, but I don't have to fully immerse into every single role. Right. 
And so do you think that feeling, I've had that similar feeling of being like, well, I'm too, quote, unquote, too young to do that, or I won't gain the respect, or I won't have, people won't take me serious, or where am I going to be able to find the the equity partners or the financing? All of it. (laughs) So talk us through a little bit about how you overcame that, and do you think there were specific relationships or strategic relationships that you had, or people that you had in your corner that really had already placed that trust in you and believed in you that launched you to just move past that feeling like a barrier? Absolutely. So how this opportunity actually had come about, um, it was a previous person who was selected to be the operating principal. And after she attended my granddad's funeral, she said, Gabby, something came to me that this is supposed to be your opportunity. And I was like, it did. (laughs) (laughs) And I was a little nervous. um, And I said, well, give me two weeks to think about it. Um, And she had surrounded me already with a team that I couldn't have imagined. She said, you have the energy for it. Mm -hmm. And you're a quick early adapter to technology. You understand what's going on in the marketplace. We are like still trying to figure everything out. We're slow to move. And I can't tell you that those thoughts don't come to me to this day. Like I've had agents come to me and be like, well, I'm licensed for 25 years and my first instinct is to say, well, how many houses did you sell last year? Because, you know, if you want to go there, you know, that's where I really want to say, but yeah. I don't go there. Right. Um, right. <laughs> but I say all that to say it does come. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt inadequate multiple times. I felt like, what if people think I'm, I got this just because I'm black? Or what if people think I got this, mm-hmm. you know, um, because I'm a woman? Or what if people don't think I'm old enough or what if people I have all of that or even with me becoming pregnant I'm like people are like when are you taking maternity leave I'm like why does it matter I ain't even brought it up to y'all yeah. <laughs> you know like every single thing you could possibly think of comes to me at the back of my head of inadequacy but that comes from a mother with grit and affirmations mm-hmm. and every morning I tell when those thoughts come I tell myself girl you are completely adequate right you don't come from a background of real estate. Your mom was a single parent. Like right. you don't come from a background where people knew about houses and you've built this empire, girl. You can do it. You and can you're do anything. Perfectly capable. You are perfectly capable. Yes. Yes. Yeah, you are. And I think that's a really good point for the people who might be listening to this that might have some type of barrier in front of them that they are really only just allowing to be there. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be there, right? So it doesn't. What you're sharing with me are things that I think like you said, I mean, you're not the only person who ever thinks through some of these things. And it could be different situations for different people and different, different, you know, obstacles that come Mm -hmm. up in their mind. But to be able to control the narrative in your head, and to be able to have, you know, a psychological control over yourself to say, no, we're not doing this, we are capable, and we're strong, and we have the example that came before us. And there's really not an option, and we're doing it, and we're good, and we're totally valid and ready to do this. To your point, the team you surround yourself with, right? My average investor is probably about 45 to 60 years old. Mm -hmm. And to be able to have somebody pour wisdom into me on my days where I'm like, I'm not adequate. And they're like, baby girl, you Mm -hmm. are (laughs) far more qualified than you know. (laughs) This is meant for you, you know? And so just to have those type of people surrounding you and being very... I hate the whole, you are the top five people you hang around, but it is so true. Like right. my mindset has shifted so much. Right. And just to have people in your corner that will pour into you in addition to yourself doing the, doing the mind work. Doing the mind work. You were mentioning you listen to podcasts in the morning. I changed my whole, I used to love listening to V103 on the morning, <laughs> listening to my music, you know, and I had to change that. Right. Because does it serve you? It didn't serve me. Right. What's it doing for you? Nothing. It makes you smile one time or you yell at the radio when you don't agree. 
Or the baby's in the back seat, like, can you put on Coco Melon? You know, and mm-hmm. I'm like, listen, bro, we both gonna listen to Joel Olstein and a little bit of uh <laughs> and my let on the way. Right. You know, like yeah. we're both gonna get poured into on the way to school this right. morning for this 15 to right. 30 minutes. Or putting in an audiobook, you know, like what are we pouring into ourselves, especially our younger generation? You know, what are we really we have so much on our plate and we have so many different standards. Beauty-wise, health-wise. I mean, even being a parent, people are like, when are you going to have another child? I'm like, I'm just 30. Like, how soon am I expected to have another baby? You know, like, we have so many expectations placed on us. Mm -hmm. So it it felt good to be able to have something pour into me, constantly letting me know, like, you're adequate. Right. So your circle, what you're ingesting, like, like the material you're ingesting, the people Mm -hmm. you're hearing from, and even what you're telling yourself. Absolutely. is all a part of pushing you past that barrier and making you who you are. Absolutely. That's awesome. And I think, you know, something that I've noticed about you and I admire about you is um, not only the grit that I see you have, because I think when I hear you talking about, like, your best year, I think to myself, it makes me laugh inside because I think I know what she's you know, her, her, her psyche is I'm capable of doing it. I can do it. Do I have to, do I need to do it? And it's like that internal competition yeah. with yourself. I feel yeah. like you have that Yeah. where you're like, I know I'm capable, but do I need to be doing this? Is this the right thing for where I'm at in my life right now? And yeah. I think that's wise too, to be able to step back, assess it. Yeah. And to be able to actually, I, I mean, I don't want to use the word divide, but to be able to divide yourself from your business and say like, I'm Gabby, the mom and the wife. And then there's Gabby, the business owner, and they both have to, they're not always going to balance perfectly, but they have to harmonize and I have to prioritize both of them. Absolutely. And you did that by the steps that you took. But something that, something I was just getting to this and I got sidetracked thinking through that, um, that I admire about you is just how I, I think and perceive you to move wisely. And I know you say I'm only 32 and this and that, but you also know that you do move wisely. I think you do. And I think people, I think they look to you and I think there's a certain level of discipline that you are actually portraying, whether you know it or not, through what you do with your resources, what you do with your time, even how you set yourself apart when that, in that, in that super busy year and said, okay, I've got to, I've got to prioritize my family and get some kind of control back in the sense of where my energy and time is going. Mm -hmm. And so that discipline, I think is a huge, probably part of your success as well. You didn't bring it up. And a lot of people wouldn't say that about themselves, but I'll say it. And it's something that I notice in you. And I would love to hear just a little bit about where you learned. Um, you know, obviously your mom, it sounds like is probably part of the place that space that you learned of it, but I think everything goes back to childhood. Mm -hmm. I told you earlier, I grew up playing basketball and my basketball coach, he was in basketball. You have like AAU, which is summer basketball. And then you have regular school year. He was both. He was my high school coach and he was my AAU coach. And when I say militant, like 5 a.m. practices, um, we were an amazing basketball team. So it was always practice and practice and practice. And when I got to my senior year, I was like, mommy, I am tired. I just want (laughs) to, but she wouldn't let me quit. Right. You can't. And back then it's the little principles, you know, back then I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. You know, like she was like, you've made it to your 12th grade year. You're not quitting. And I think about that constantly. I think about my need for perfection. Get started. I had this conversation with one of my friends yesterday. I said, if I waited until my business had every single resource I needed, Mm. or if I waited, people always ask me, like, Gabby, how do you do social media? I'm like, if you wait until everything is perfect to run your social media and to post, you will never do it. Right. That's a great point. Just do it. 
Yeah. Get started. <laughs> Nike just got a full commercial, right? Yeah. Just do it. Just no, get just, started. Yeah. Like, who cares? And as you go along the way, you'll find the niches and you'll get that feedback. And if you care about your business, you'll take that feedback that you've received or that constructive criticism and you'll make the adjustments that you need to make. Right. I got my first ever bad review. Still, to this day, it's my only bad review. I got it three days after having my baby. Why was I working when I was having a kid? I have no idea. But you know what it taught me? Boundaries. Right. Like what I should have done was probably refer that client out. Mm -hmm. And I could have taken that feedback and been like, well, you knew I was nine months pregnant when, you know, I could have said all of those things. But I knew I was nine months pregnant as well. And what should have been done was, hey, I'm going to refer you out to somebody who I know will take great care of you. But instead, I took on that client and gave them subpar service. Right. And we have to tell those type of stories, especially as women, so we can understand like, hey, ladies, at some point in time, you're going to have to say no. Right. Right. Especially when you don't know what that's going to look like at that moment. No. Right. It's not, <laughs> and it's not something you can relive. So no. I went into yeah. the doctor's office. They were like, you're having an emergency C-section. I was like, oh, like. I told my admin be prepared in two weeks. Like, I got to have a baby today. <laughs> so, so, like, you don't know, right? right? And it's best for us to prepare for what we can prepare for and learn to delegate. And also know, like, hey, you've won the title that you've been gunning for. Let's start figuring out how we can expand this business and grow. Right. Great point. So I also had an emergency C-section. So you know that life, <laughs> right? <laughs> I left at closing and I went to the doctor and they're like, oh, baby's coming in 40 minutes. <laughs> Yeah, I know that. I know that story. Um, so I, I, I love the get started, but I want to add to something to it that you're saying that you didn't put on your tagline, and that's get started and stay committed. Ooh. Because that's what you were doing. Absolutely. You're, you're getting started, and you said that. You were like, I'm getting started, and then I'm just pouring in and refining as I go. But that's a commitment, right? Absolutely. So it's one thing to get started. But you have to stay committed. But it's a whole committed. other thing. Like, I could, I could open 20 tabs in the internet. But am I going to stay on the page? Am I going to follow through with the task I was starting? You know what? I just had a conversation with someone about. I said, everybody has these amazing ideas. And I hear them all day long. Nobody can tell me the steps that they have to take to implement it. Right. Or even just actually get it started. I'm the same. Gabby, I'm going to start posting on social media. Get, give me a smart plan. Like, what? how are you going to start posting? What are you? And like I said, it doesn't have to be perfect. No. But you got to know what you, like, and, how, what and, are you going to And commit use? to doing it. And commit it. Yeah. Tell me exactly by what timeline. When are you going to post on social media? What resources are you going to use? Right. What right. are you doing? Or who are you going to get to help you that's already done this? For me, I'm sleep trained. Unfortunately, I read Mom's on Call. And I'm sleep trained right along with my baby. And people are like, <laughs> Gabby. You go to bed like at 9 30, 10 o'clock at night. You go to bed at 9 30. And I'm like, yeah, I do. Yeah, I have to. We're <laughs> on a like, routine. I'm on a routine. Yeah. And that is part of my discipline. It is part of the discipline. And if I stay out past 9 30, everybody's going to feel it and be like, we don't want you staying out anymore. Just go home. Right. <laughs> well, they feel it. And then your crew at home feels it because we're in, you're in a rhythm. You get in a rhythm. And that's how it works. You probably have people ask you all the time, how do you do all this stuff? All the and time. And I think you're giving everybody on this podcast these nuggets. I hope. <laughs> hope they're picking them up. <laughs> I hope they're picking them up. <laughs> you you get started, you stay committed, and then you've got a rhythm and a schedule and a routine yeah. and you've got discipline. And, you know, people can pack a lot of stuff into a day. Yeah. But if you don't have, you know, some of these traits and these characteristics and that, that grit and that commitment and that routine, you can't continue doing it. We went to this thing at my brokerage. We had this thing called Family Reunion. And I think I was the first one to say, hey, guys, y'all can stay out and drink tonight. I'm going to go to sleep. I want to be up. It's a class I really want to go to. 
And one of my friends, she's like 65, she said, I didn't realize how disciplined you are. <laughs> she's like, you are such a disciplined freak. I was like, I am. Yeah. Like, y'all can miss the class because you've been out doing whatever, but I am going to enjoy this class in the morning that I spent all this money on this conference for. Like, right. And so it, it's so important to have discipline. That right. That's huge. And to add to that, it's so important to know your disc assessment. Mm. I don't think enough people hone in into that. And in these past three years of my life, I've been really getting coaching to my disc. Right. And understanding where my blind spots are. Right. Because Kate can't be everything to everybody. No. And Kate needs to know, like, this is Kate's personality. This is where she thrives. And this is also where Kate does not thrive. And right. you need to know that, right? right. And who's going to clash with you. And, you know, there's also an appropriate time. And I'm sure you've come to this point in your business where, like, there's some people you don't need to work with. Money, and, The money might be great. But there's some people you just don't need to work with because it's going to result in another bad review. Because and you, you know just that can't. Before you start working right, with you them. Can't you can't feel them. that tension. Yes. But you're like, I just want this last little bitch, this last little. But you know, well before. <laughs> It wasn't a good idea. It wasn't a good idea. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so um, there's so many things I admire about you. But another thing that I wanted to talk just briefly about, just hit on, is how you budget, how you manage money, and how maybe how that discipline has played into your personal life (laughs) and how you've used your finances and real estate to put you and your family in a a more secure position that I, I personally believe people who do all the things you're doing, the discipline, uh, you know, all the law, we already went over it, but also try to set themselves up for success from a security standpoint. Obviously we can't control everything. It sounds like you believe in God. I believe in God. Mm-hmm. You know, we know that ultimately these are, you know, our life is in God's hands. Yeah. He makes the decisions, but we do have the ability to lay some of the pavers, you know, along the Absolutely. way. So how have you done that in your life? Everybody who heard you ask that question, who was close to me is probably going to be like, she will not spend a dollar. <laughs> um, I've had varying opinions, right? Growing up again where I didn't have anybody to say, here's all the money for college, I didn't know that was normal until I got into real estate in Sandy Springs. And I was like, oh, y'all pay for y'all kids to go to college? I remember sitting at a closing table. We talk about mindset shifts. And I'll get to me on saving money, but I really think this is important for a lot of people to hear about mindset shifts. I remember sitting at my first closing and the closing attorney saying, I'm like, why do you work so hard? You've been doing this for years. You're like the largest closing attorney in Atlanta. And he's like, I'm paying for my daughters to go to school. And I was like, you pay for your kids to go to college? I was like, you better tell them to take out student loans. Meanwhile, I'm paying off my last student loan. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like at that point, you know, and I paid them all. I'm completely debt free. But I remember thinking that. And boy, did it take me like five years to realize like, what a privilege and a blessing it is to tell my baby, like, you can choose whatever college you want to go to. Mommy got you. Right. right. You don't have to make a decision on your education based on how much money you have. Mm-hmm. We have to be able to understand finances at a higher level. And so the first thing I did, even when getting married, me and my husband reread the Total Money Makeover together. We sat down. My grandma was a marriage counselor for years. We sat down and said, how did you guys set up your accounts? We figured out everything financially so much to now I'm in this wealth program. And every time I go home, I see you guys doing it as well. I don't post it, but we're flipping houses. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, like we're creating real estate wealth together. Mm -hmm. But at that same token, and we have our vacations planned out. So we're not just popping up, spending money out of the blue. You're disciplining yourself with your resources. And and then I think, what is the return of every dollar that I spend on my business? 
one of the things I love about my company is that we lead with revenue, not expenses. Mm. I see real estate agents get their license and they're snapping pictures quicker than anything. And I'm like, what return are you getting on these pictures? Have you made any money? Right. <laughs> and now that the market has shifted, everybody's like, we're broke. We got to go find a job. You have to lead with revenue. You have to know the return, the cost of sale, the return of every single dollar spent. Right. If I'm spending a dollar, I need to see a return. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. And I'm just, I'm just inside. I'm just cracking up again because we are the same person. We, we are. Um, <laughs> I, I had my husband do Financial Peace University with me <laughs> when we were engaged. So Dave Ramsey to start. Yes. I think there's a certain point, you know, we don't have to get it. We, this is not a money podcast and we've got to wrap this up. Oh, but there's yes. a certain point that um, you get to and you realize that you don't have to be like everybody else. You don't have to come off with a certain appearance. Mm -hmm. You don't have to answer to anybody other than yourself and your family yeah. and God. Yeah. And there's people you want to honor in your business. There's things that you know your bandwidth, you have the bandwidth and the capacity for that others might not. And you know the ways that you're honoring that and not honoring that. And I agree. And one of my biggest things and why I do what I do is because I want to be able to give freely. Mm -hmm. And I think, how can you give freely and give from a really good cup in your heart if you don't have it? Right. And if I have it and my family has it and we have created generational wealth and some school needs this large donation or somebody, I can give freely. I don't mm -hmm. have to worry about it. But how can we give freely if we have no cup to pour from? Right. And and how can you sustain yourself and your family and the people who do really need you if you're not disciplining yourself toward that? And I'm all for it. I, I see the girls say, well, you can have bags or you can have land. I feel like at the same point, you can have a nice bag and you can have land. You shouldn't have to choose. Right. But at some point in your life, you're going to have to choose, right. right, until you make it to that level where you don't have right. to choose. Because in what order? Yes, exactly. In that's, what order? that's probably the better question. Yeah, what because order? in what order? Yeah. And, and ultimately, um, I know we've got to land the plane here, but ultimately, are those things that really matter? Yeah. And, you know, I... Ask, I, I'm gonna stop because I could talk to you for another hour about this. <laughs> but what I what I think is just so cool about you, and I hope people get an opportunity to sit down and talk with you or meet you or interact with you on social media because you're so good at that, or just at least follow you. We'll put your contact info in the bottom of the description. Um, what I think is just so cool about you is that you make it look effortless. We all know it's not. We all do real <laughs> estate. We know the grind. The people who are doing what you're doing for real, the the people who aren't behind the smoke and mirrors, and for those who are, like look to you. You know, I hope they look to you. Um, you're just a hardworking woman who's got your priorities straight, in my opinion, and you're treating others the way that you'd want to be treated. And you have an amazing group of people around you and relationships that you've not only built previously, but are continuing to build. And I, I just admire all that about you. And so if there is anyone out there that's listening to this podcast and they want some inspiration or they feel like they're too young or they're not sure where to start or they don't feel like they're entitled to the success, you know, maybe that imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. um, I think you're a really great person for them to be able to look to. Aww. Thank and you, just, Kate. Just don't to, make me cry. You know no, I have don't cry. hormones. <laughs> don't cry. And just to feel encouraged. <laughs> just to feel encouraged. And, you know, I think there's also a space for people who are more senior to us to look back and say, like, you know what, this is inspiring. And if these 
quote unquote, young people can do this, I can do this too. Absolutely. And so I just want to thank you for coming in here. Thank you. And I'm so glad that we got to sit down and have this conversation. Me too. And I hope that it benefits somebody listening. And then I hope we continue to see you around the Atlanta Realtor Center. You will, you will, you will. Thank you for inviting me and having me. I obviously look up to you too. We became friends through social media. And I, well, we became friends through here, actually. YPN, YPN. YPN, and then through social media. And I've enjoyed watching your family grow and my family grow and communicating with you. Thank you, Well, thank you, Gabby. Thank you for tuning in to the Atlanta Realtors Rundown. Please subscribe. And for more information on how to get engaged, check us out at atlantarealtors.com. We look forward to having you join us for the next episode.